Welcome to Beaver Life with Lucy Green. Hi, welcome to another Beaver Pod. Um, we are here today with Rosina Lillywhite, who is a member of our new nurse committee. Rosina has been working at Lipbrook Equine Hospital for 19 years and has been qualified as an equine veterinary nurse since 2012. So Rosina, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. Um, it's really good to be here. We're really pleased to have the nurse committee. It's been something that's um, been talked about for a long time and it's finally come to fruition. The committee was created at the end of last year, wasn't it, in 2022? And um, could you talk to me a little bit about how you came to be involved in the committee and really why it's been 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 created? Yeah, so I think um, having a nursing committee um, as part of Beaver was a really important step in actually understanding and making the wider equine veterinary population aware of nurses and that they are valuable members of the team um, and we are professional people as well um, and I think it's a really important step to give nurses a voice within um, a big um, uh, area and platform such as Beaver because obviously um, veterinary nurses up until that point were represented by vets within um the committees and council which yeah. um is fine but actually generally speaking when you start drilling down into it most vets don't actually know what veterinary nurse training is or has um they don't know enough about the legislation surrounding veterinary nurses um that's no fault of their own it's not something they're taught but it just means that we now have a voice and we can um represent nurses as nurses um on the committee and also we can um liaise with council as well and actually try and progress what nurses um stand for represent and um can do within practice um and also what what we can do when we um move out of practice as well to stay within the veterinary industry yeah so that's a good point so i think you're right a vet school um vets and probably the same applies to the rest of the public really as well don't necessarily know what vet nurses are qualified to do and also their accountability and i think the accountability bit is really important because that's what sets you aside apart from all the training and the knowledge and the experience the accountability legally is what sets you aside from other people working in a non-veterinary role as in a veterinary surgeon role can you tell me about that so you're obviously registered and are insured T tell me a little bit about that bit yeah, so once you've completed an RCVS approved qualification, um, so there's uh, many different um, awarding organisations at the moment that do an equine only qualification now. Um, but once you've completed one of those, you are then eligible to register with the RCVS. So we pay a registration fee, the same as vets do, um, and we are maintained on a register by the RCVS. Um, once we are on that register, we are then the same kind of accountability as vets so we are accountable for our actions we are accountable for what we for what we do in public and um, within practice as well um, and that's obviously really important because um, we are accountable for what we do so if we don't agree with what we're being told we need to have a discussion about that with vets um, and similarly it does mean that we can um, make sure that what we're seeing around us um, we feel is an appro appropriate professional behaviour as well um, and we should be aware of what 
what the RCBS states within the code of conduct for both vets and nurses as appropriate conduct. Um, and we are there to kind of maintain that standard the same as vets are, basically. Yeah, sure. And the, and the title nurse, I mean, we've, we've, we know now, you know, there's, there's protected titles and there's unprotected titles. John, talk, tell me a little bit about the, the lack of protection of the, the term nurse. Yeah, so currently it's not a protected title by law. Um, so the RCBS Code of Conduct is quite clear. Um, so within the RCBS's Code of Conduct, it does say that um, a practice shouldn't mislead the public um, or um, other members of staff in what they call people. Um, and the term nurse should only be referred to um, as someone that's registered with the RCBS as a registered nurse. Um, unfortunately, being that it's not actually a legal thing and it's only guidance from the RCBS, um, a lot of places will get around that um, by using that term for people that are unregistered, mm. which can be quite frustrating for those that are actually registered, have gone through the course um, sort of thing and passed everything that they need to pass and become registered um, to find that other people are sort of doing similar jobs to them. Yeah. Um, and are being referred to as a nurse when perhaps they're not yeah yeah and so within your um practice and within maybe you know your experience let's say you've obviously got vets you've got interns you've got qualified nurses and then you've got training nurses and you training nurses yep. and then you'll have um other people who are unqualified let's say acting in say a technician capacity or something or householder yard staff sort of yeah sort of title um, so that that's sometimes sort of classed as what we call the nursing team, but it's obviously distinct from that, isn't it? You know, nurses are a specific role. Um, I guess historically, do you think that it's just that people are in the habit and certainly some of the practices are just in the habit of calling multiple people nurses where they're not strictly nurses? And is it something that we just got to try and re-educate on? Yeah, I think historically, so obviously I've been in practice a long time and a lot's changed since I've been in practice. Um, and things have definitely started to shift and move, which is brilliant to see. Um, and this whole um, committee is a massive leap with that um, improvement. Um, but I think historically, people have utilised grooms, um, handlers, people like that, and sort of just given them that label of nurse as they've kind of learnt more within the practice. So, you know, they've been in practice with a vet for a certain number of years and then that vet sort of starts teaching them to do certain things and they become more useful um, and they kind of get that title of nurse um, just because I think probably it sounds better introducing a nurse to a client than it does mm. introducing um, this is my groom, this is my helper. Yeah. Um, and I think historically perhaps people haven't really known what to place these kind of unqualified people who may be very well trained, they may be very helpful, um, mm. but they're not actually qualified members of the team I think they've just kind of it's been easier to call them that term perhaps because they actually want to kind of they want people to believe that they're kind of you know they they are a well-trained person um yeah. by that vet and they're, they're well thought thought about by that vet um but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually a trained person which can also become quite confusing for the general public as well yeah, and I think that's that's not dissimilar to the equine dental technician issue, isn't it? Where people have now got in the habit of calling them horse dentists and, you know, equine dentists when strictly that's not the case, is it? They should be called equine dental technicians. And I think 
us in the profession would do well to start adopting the correct terminology, wouldn't we? So we can try and get that behaviour change in progress. And then we're teaching the public at that time. Because actually, I think if you use a term like a, a an equine or veterinary technician, that's a really nice term for somebody that, like you say, might be very skilled, very good at what they do, but are distinct from a nurse and not qualified as a nurse. And I think perhaps we should all be leading the way in trying to get that terminology correct um, to try and help out. Now, under under the RCVS um, regulations, we've got Schedule 3, and, and obviously there's a lot of... Um, well, confusion, I guess, as we, we learned at our recent council meeting, even amongst us vets, <laughs> which are often leading leading the way the practices are working, there's a lot of confusion over what nurses can do. Now, it comes down to interpretation, doesn't it, of, of the guidelines. And, and Schedule 3 covers a lot of different things, but is not very specific. Um, and we're not going to delve too much into this today, because I think we'll, the whole point of the Nurse Committee um, going into this stuff later on will be that we'll then update other members with what we come you know what we what we find what we what we find to be the the right way to head with all this but at the moment there's a huge variation of what nurses do in practice so we have everything from them doing sort of too little you know just holding horses trotting them up maybe not doing an awful lot else maybe just doing yard work even all the way up to being really used in a very maximal way doing you know as much as possible within their skill set and capability What's your experiences being at Lipbrook, I guess, and maybe from what you know from friends and, and colleagues in other practices, what's your experiences in the range of, of use of nurses in hospitals and clinics? I think there is a huge range um, in what people are utilised to do in practice. And I think that's <clears throat> um, a huge range. There's a huge range within um, Lipbrook. And there's also a huge range within the wider population of practices as well. Um, I have a lot to do with students these days and, um, you do see some practices are very good and they'll let their students do the maximum they're allowed to do within the laws of Schedule 3. And you have other practices that are just so scared of opening themselves up to a lawsuit in their eyes um, that they don't utilise them at all. Um, and actually, they just kind of um, have them as horse handlers, which is it's not really utilising their skills very well at all. And also, if you've got students coming from practices like that, it's very difficult for them to actually gain the um, knowledge and understanding that they require to pass the course. So actually, they have a far harder time um, qualifying as well um, because they're not having that day to day experience that they should be having um, as a student veterinary nurse purely because people don't have an understanding of that piece of legislation, um, mm. which is why we've put a massive focus on, um, you know, going through that legislation bit by bit and identifying what we can what we can out of it and we're hoping to make hopefully make that a more usable bit of legislation that people can understand a little bit little bit clearer yeah. um and they can go away and actually fully understand what it means um what they can get their nurses to do legally um and you know what they can't get them to do legally um mm. as well because i think there's also things that some people do which perhaps they shouldn't be doing um but yeah i think understanding the legislation <coughs> is a key part of where we need to be progressing um to make sure that um we're progressing the nurses because also if we're letting nurses do more we're making them um feel more um valued as a member of staff um and they're going to go forward they're going to stay in practice for longer 
they're going to get more out of their day-to-day lives and it's going to be more exciting for them to progress um, up. And also you can see they'll be able to start seeing a natural progression from perhaps if they started as a groom, yeah. um, then they become a student nurse and kind of move up that way. They're seeing, okay, well, I'm when I'm a nurse, I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z rather than, well, we all do exactly the same job anyway, so what's the point? Um, yeah. Which I think you do hear that a lot from nurses that you sort of see, well, there's no point in qualifying because I won't do anything different to what I'm doing now. Um, and that shouldn't be what happens in practice. We should have more of the, okay, well, you can do more in practice. You you will get paid more in practice. So all of those sorts of things need to come along with it. Um, we kind of need to have um, a clip, clear pay scale in practices um that they will get paid more when they get qualified they'll be able to do more in practice when they're qualified all of those things that um we know from you know well general common sense more than anything else that actually that's going to be a more fulfilling career pathway for people as well yeah and I think this touches nicely on something that I've discussed in a previous podcast I've recorded with Tanya Sundra a vet from Australia that to feel fulfilled in your life and this specifically a career as we're talking about now there's three things that people need as human beings which is autonomy mastery and belonging so you know the autonomy to be to be able to choose things that work for you and to have a life that works for you the mastery bit's really interesting isn't it because that as you say is like the feeling of progressing and getting better at something getting a niche or you know creating a skill set of your own that's you know that's a that's a something that we need to feed ourselves with and then also that sense of belonging to that community or that group of people and having a place and I think that everything we're talking about here with nurses is perfectly demonstrated like that isn't it if you've just got a group of people with varying qualifications that are all doing the same stuff that doesn't make any sense at all and then people are going to lose interest and and kind of desire aren't they to to continue in that career path and with the sort of lack of, well, lack of people, really, lack of workforce that we're experiencing now, both vets and nurses, it, it's the perfect opportunity, isn't it, to try and push people forward down a career that they are going to enjoy and feel fulfilled in. So for, for vets to be doing the bits that they need to be doing enables and frees up them to do that. If we can get nurses being used better in practice to do the things that they're able to do, and then that, you know, therefore leaves the technicians and the unqualified, if you like, people to be able to step into the roles which nurses can move out of um, in order to keep the kind of workforce balanced and keep it sort of sufficient to carry out the work we need to do. I mean, at Liphook, you are, from what you've said to me at least, and a bit like my time at Rossdale's, I think you use nurses in a, in a very well in a good capacity and a good example what sort of um job roles if you like are nurses being used for at the moment at Liphook and what's developing in that sort of area as well um so yeah we have um there are sort of we have had a bit of a sort of issue in the past which we've sort of started to deal with now of of that lack of kind of clear progression and clear kind of okay when when you've done this you will be able to do this this and this which we've been working really hard on trying to improve actually recently um but within um Lipic we um as nurses are responsible for diagnostic imaging so we can take um all the imaging um gets done by nurses basically and then approved by vets afterwards um which is great because it gives nurses a real opportunity to actually understand that process better um and actually to start 
Um, obviously, they're not going to diagnose things, but you can start looking at x-rays and going, okay, that's a good image because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then you can start looking at it and go, okay, well, I think this could be wrong. Obviously, they're not going to be diagnosing, but you can then have a like collaborative conversation with a vet and actually understand more about what they're talking about rather than just standing in the background kind of nodding along. Yeah. You can kind of sort of get involved in a conversation about you know arthritis or something like that because you think that that might be quite interesting as what's what's come up on the x-ray you've just taken um we also play a large part in theater um we run the theater complex so um the vets um obviously we have um our house vets or our interns um more commonly known um that are responsible for the um, anaesthetizing and the monitoring of the anaesthetic um but as far as how the theatre has been run, what's kind of what, what position we're going in, how we're positioning the patient, all of that sort of thing is down to the nurse to prepare, organise and sort out, which is, again, another um, really critical area of the hospital, which um, is um, really well run by nurses. Um, and then we have nurses that run our ICU units, um, do medication treatments, um, all the bandage changing and all of that sort of thing is done by nurses. Um, not the vets at all so loads of things that um, perhaps are done by vets in other practices we do do as nurses which is really good Um, and we've just started um, progressing that qualified nurses and student nurses can start putting catheters in things that's kind of one of the been been historically one of the sticking points but actually we've started to move on and sort of think okay there, there is no good reason this can't be done by a nurse so we need to make sure that we're doing that so um largely it's all positive um and we're kind of moving forwards um slowly and defining those roles more clearly as well which i think historically has been a problem in defining what nurses are how we're how we're labeling them um and all of those sorts of things so that's kind of our remaining thing that we're working on at the moment yeah and that's that's very similar to my experiences i mean at rostell's I was really impressed by how skilled and um, in charge, if you like, the nurses were at the hospital, you know, and they and we had a similar setup to you. They did a lot of the diagnostic imaging and they were blooming good at it because they did it day in, day out. And from a vet point of view, it was really useful because, you know, you could come to find your set of knee x-rays where the nurse had already spotted a bit of pathology and had taken those extra views. And so, you know, you didn't have to say, oh, can you go and do another few of these views and come back again? You know, the nurse was so good at what they were doing. They had already preempted that, if you like. And their skill set, it's like anything, the more you do something, the better you get at it. So their skill set was just broad, but also really strong because they were doing those things day in, day out. And then that freed the vets up to do, like you say, the diagnostic side of things, you know, to to decide on treatment plans. And it's just a better use of everybody's time. I mean, theatre is another good area where nurses were just running it and running such a tight ship that the the vet could just come in, literally. And I think you said the same, you know, the horses and knees ties, it's on the table, it's prepped. Surgeon comes in, carries out the surgical procedure and then goes off and can go and use use his time appropriately to do other things whilst the rest of the theatre team's getting, getting everything moved on. So... It does make sense, but it requires a sort of dedication from the the upper levels of the practice, doesn't it? The senior vets, the management team, you know, you've got to commit to that kind of working system. But once it's in place, and everyone's comfortable with it. It creates a healthy environment and a healthy team where everyone 
feels valued and has a clear progression with which they can see their career going forwards. And I guess that leads us nicely to sort of a, a rounding up question, really, which is for you as, a, as an individual, you know, personally, where would you like to see this going? And where do you see the sort of next five, 10, 20 years or whatever of, of nursing career going? Like not just for you as, a, as an individual, but where would you like to see nurses really going in the next sort of decade or two? Um, I think it'd be really good to start seeing, uh, my hope is we start seeing nurses utilised across all platforms of veterinary practice. So <clears throat> we want to see nurses in first opinion, road-based yeah. practices, oh, utilising yeah. them for everything they can do within those practices as well as large practices. I think there's a real um, concept among veterinary practices that you only have nurses if you work in a hospital yeah. that doesn't have to be the case at all like they can really help you out on the road as much as they can help you out in the practice um so I think moving away from that kind of linear it can only be in a big hospital or a big clinic that you have nurses and what can they bring to your practice even if it's a smaller practice what what yeah. can we actually help you do um and also making sure that we're utilizing nurses across the business for everything they can do um, and everything they can support vets with and not seeing it as I, I hear a lot of oh yes but if we have nurses then the vets will lose out and mm -hmm. um, not yeah. seeing it as that seeing it as a positive of what can we bring to that vet and also it's it's a circle so you know if you train up a nurse to the best of their ability and they're doing that job such as x-ray and they're doing it well why can't they train up your interns? Why can't they train up your um, new grads that come in and make your new grads the best road vets they can be because they're learning from people that do that job day in, day out. There's no reason why extra training can't be done by nurses. Um, it shouldn't just be a, okay, you're a nurse, so that's that's your pigeonhole, you stay in it. Um, and also seeing nurses develop their careers higher up in businesses as well. So we we have corporatization now within within the industry seeing them have higher roles within those uh corporatized like there's no reason why we shouldn't be listening listening to nurses on you know business ideas management ideas we're, we're great with people we're great with clients uh so why are we not utilizing them in the higher up parts of practice as well so you know practice partnerships and things like that um I know there are there are some that are up there in higher roles but utilizing that more there's no reason why it has to be a vet to manage practices like largely speaking um as we know vets are great with the animals but they're not always great with the people so um, <laughs> we do a lot of people training when we're doing our training so um utilizing those skill sets in higher up areas of practices and within corporatization because then you're not going to lose these people to different jobs and things if there's natural progression people will stay mm -hmm. um, it's only when you remove natural progression that people get bored they move on and they don't want to stay where they are mm -hmm. and I think that is that is what we need to work on and we need to work on how do we keep everyone kind of happy and progressing where they want to go in their career um, and I think that is a really important part of you know moving forwards within the within the profession really and making sure that we're not losing people just because they're bored yeah absolutely and and with that comes as well I mean there's no point shying away from it if people are being used to the to the best of their skills and their experience 
they they can bring more money into a practice let's be honest and then they can mm-hmm. they can be paid better and you know this can all be beneficial in so many ways going forwards and I just really hope that yeah that the opportunity to make the changes now which clearly we've just discussed a huge sea of change that, that's available to us if we want it will will benefit everybody involved vets nurses the technicians the management the whole lot with the business and the patients of course will benefit from this this change that we're trying to bring about so I think that's a good place to leave it with you, Rosina. And um, I'm really grateful for you being the first of the nurse committee to podcast with me. Um, looking forward to doing some episodes with other members of the committee and uh, following the sort of journey, really, that you're 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 on and how we're going to change the equine veterinary nursing profession for the better. <laughs> Thanks for coming today. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Lucy. It's been great. Take care. Bye bye. This episode of Beaver Pod was produced by Beaver. For more details on the benefits of your Beaver membership and the products and services offered, please go to our website at www.beaver.org.uk.